0: Representing East Oakland, man. Hey, 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 welcome back. Welcome back. It is the Hawk Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Hawkins. Wherever you're listening and now watching on YouTube, I am happy to have you join me as always. I do not take it lightly that you could be anywhere doing anything, but you are here <laughs> to rock with us uh, because you want to shorten the learning curve, right, on your journey to greatness. Like, share, subscribe, all of those social media platforms, and most importantly, follow the YouTube page because there's tons of content that won't be coming out anywhere else. Now, with all that being said, I have watched this week's guest grow uh, from, from what can only be described as, as, a, as a slight introvert. to an absolute business powerhouse. When she speaks, there is power, there is emotion, there's actionable knowledge, relatability, and impact. You are all in for a huge treat. She specializes in content marketing and helping entrepreneurs get organized uh, and grow strategically. She is an author, certified business coach, and is helping to make entrepreneurs stand strong in their business and become profitable, right? It's all about the money. She has mastered the art of uh, targeted online influence with well over 20,000 actively engaged followers. Listen, we can't talk about Black girl magic. We can't talk about Black excellence. And we can't talk about work ethic, vision, and belief without this week's guest. She is one of my good friends, Ashley Watkins. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you. I hope I can live up to that intro, man. That was like...
0: (laughs) I'm super grateful to be here. Thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for carving out time, you know, from your busy schedule. I know that, like I said, you could be doing anything, getting that money bag going and and big plans and all that stuff and implementing your strategy. So I am grateful that you're here.
1: Yes, sir. I'm happy to be here. Coming in hot, right?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And, And just so you know, all of those accolades, we we didn't embellish a single one, right? We've been going back and forth, uh, what, since the Twitter days, and then now, you know, back on Instagram, and you are absolutely killing it. It's such a pleasure to watch you be out there getting it done and helping so many other people.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful to do it. You know, it comes natural to me. I'm not trying to brag, but, you know, I actually love what I do,
0: so it doesn't, it's not that hard for me, you know. I love it. I love it. Well, let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, Let's talk about the importance of a strong mindset and how you help others get their minds around being intentional about their business and their results.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome, like, jumpstart question because um, I like to consider myself a mindset coach, but I like to speak more to the money because that's what people, you know, they want to hear. How can they make more money? But we know, you and I know, like everybody else, that it does start with mindset. And I know you started following me when I had Body by Ashley, which was one of my first and longest businesses that I ever started. And it's interesting, you know, the similarities between personal training and entrepreneurship and coaching entrepreneurs, because there's a lot of the same mindset blocks. Right. Like you see the excuses come up, you see the poor time management skills, you see the lack of accountability and self-discipline. And those things have to be tackled no matter what, you know, you can't run from those and escape those things and use the good word, which is intentional. Um, and I like to use awareness first because mm. a lot of people are not aware of the challenges that they have in their subconscious beliefs that stop them from becoming successful. So once we can kind of bring that to the surface and you can look at face to face in the mirror Then you can be intentional about the steps that you need to take to move forward so you can accelerate your results as opposed to running in circles, doubting yourself, questioning yourself, you know, all that good stuff that comes along with it as we go, you know?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I love that you brought up self-awareness because if you relate it back to physical training and working out, I know personally, I got about 90 days, right? I could do a blitz on anything for 90 days. If my abs don't show up on day 90, we got to wait another 30 days (laughs) because it's not, (laughs) I just know that, you know, like there's something about however my makeup is, 90 days is my max that I can just commit to anything Mm -hmm. consistently. Um, So that being said, how do you coach your clients? Do you give them a blitz mentality or do you uh, help them with their time management so that they can know how to break things down and attack? Yeah, that's this is like a.
1: I have to answer this like in a complex way because everybody comes in a different stage in their business. Right. So you have some people that it's a little bit harder because they've been operating in disorganization in their business for years,
0: you know, Mm -hmm. and
1: then you have other people that are fresh, brand new, don't even know what to do, where to start. So when everybody comes, there's kind of like this audit, you know, to see where are you? Just like if you were personal training, you know, what? let's assess this situation and see where are you because everybody is different. Right. And then once we do that, we, I take all my clients through the same process. And the first step is to write a business plan because people, they do not want to write business plans. And I, I know I'm going to get a lot of slack from a lot of consultants and coaches out there because yes. they're like, oh, you don't need a business plan unless you're getting funding. But see what the business plan does is it gets that person clear you know, you don't know how many people have businesses. And I say, what's the mission of the business? What's the purpose of the business? What's the vision of the business? And they've never thought that process through. So when yeah. people come, you know, I have to introduce them to that. And and this, it can be tough, just like with training, because they want to make money. They want to see the results. They're like, oh, you right. got me writing business plan. Like, <laughs> oh, like, we're about to be all, oh, you know, we're just going to take forever, but while we're working on the business plan, we're implementing other things at the same time, but it's going through, You're like, you don't have to complete the business plan. Even starting it will get your mind to see, hey, I never even thought about the milestones. I never thought. And then, like how you said you have 90 days, it makes people have a more realistic timeline like, oh, shoot, I thought I was going to make a million next month.
0: Right, right. Because (laughs) that's how a lot of people package their offerings. They say, make six figures in your first, you know, six Mm -hmm. months. It's like, no, that's that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. And you know why? Because
1: a lot of things, like you said, with time management, for example, sometimes I can show a person that they have plenty of time, right? But it's always something else. So for example, that individual may have a fear of doing something. They may not have confidence. So every day that they get up, they don't do that one big brave thing that'll move their business forward. They might work on that one thing for 30 days, you know, every day trying to get up and face how to do it. And then they might go take another class and distract themselves and go on a tangent when they really could have did it in one day. So it's not really always a time thing, even though we use that as a self-sabotaging strategy to say, this is why I'm not getting X, Y, Z done is because I just don't have enough time. And we all know that that's not all the time true. In some cases, it is. I have compassion for people that are short on time.
0: Yes, yes. But
1: 90% of the time, it's usually something when you when you break that down, even if you look at the business plan. If I go through each section of your business plan, I'm going to find, okay, your marketing, you don't really have a strategy. You know, yes. your sales, you don't have a strategy. You don't have a plan. You're kind of winging it. And that's my, you know, that's my kryptonite winging it, watching people just I
0: call it freestyling? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I literally just posted uh, because I had a social media strategist, Bianca Tatum. I had her on mm-hmm. and we talked about people just, you know, for lack of better words, you're just free balling your business, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you gotta have a, a, a strategic plan. And so that leads me to my next question. What are, what are the simple steps that people are missing when it comes to creating a marketing strategy around their business and their offerings?
1: Yeah, there's a few things. Um, I I like to focus on a few. So a lot of people just think, okay, it's social media, but deeper than that, underneath the layer of your social media platform, there's usually a lot of research and development that you haven't done. So one thing that people, you know, kind of misconstrue is that and I tell them, I'm like, go find somebody successful and see what they're doing. And use that as your, your research. Don't reinvent the wheel. And what they do is they think you're saying to copy off that person, or they think that they need to be competitive against another business that is like theirs when they really should be analyzing what that business is doing, how they're marketing, what language they're using, how they're talking to their audience, how they're generating leads. You should be studying that and actually doing an analysis on how you can implement that into your business and then how you can add value on top of that. So where people miss the mark is number one, there's not enough value. So I like to talk about how, you know, a lot of business coaches are talking about raise your price, raise your price, raise your price. Yeah. But when I look at some of the businesses, the value is right at where the price is at, you know? Ooh, yes. and, <laughs> and I don't see why you should raise the price on that. And another thing is that if you do the market, research, you'll find what people are willing to pay for that product or service. And you're not pulling it out of your ego of, I deserve more money. Well, if you deserve more money for your product or service, you need to find a way to uh, get a higher volume of customers. But that price point has to be at a place where the customer feels that is valuable. Like, wow, that's a lot of value for $29. I need to, I need to jump on this as opposed to Let me try to pitch to them that I worked hard enough for it to be $59, you know, because I'm a small business and I don't have the resources and all that. Your customers don't want to hear that. Your customers are looking at Amazon. They're looking at bigger companies. And it's a huge argument that, oh, I don't have the resources as as the big company. So, you know, I can't compete, but you can add value in other ways. So if you have a keen idea to answer your question, if you have a keen idea of who your ideal customer is, what they'll pay and what your competitors are doing in that in that lane that you're in. And then you add value on top of that. That's the strategy. That's the strategy.
0: (laughs) That's that's so strong. I'll never forget my mentor Edwin Haynes used to say, uh, success is a game of copycat. You just gotta make sure you copy in the right cat. Right. <laughs> to, to your point, you know, looking at other businesses and, it's, and not just the competition side, but what are they doing? What is their messaging? And then making it organic and bring a value to the table on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love it. We could talk about business success all day long. I, but I have to ask you, we had uh, a conversation. We discussed social media being a form of social economics. Can you mm-hmm. talk to me? a little bit more about the importance of building a community. Yes, indeed. Well,
1: like I said, my biggest success on social media was with my personal training business. And at the time, I didn't know that I was building the community, which is kind of, you know, which is kind of the genius in it and how you really should do it. But I didn't know at the time that that's what I was doing. I was just sharing my experiences with people, my weight loss journey, and, and people were gravitating towards that. Now, when you take someone that is not thinking like that and they're thinking, about, I have a business, they don't think about fostering that relationship because they always think about selling something to their community. So they think that the way to build the relationship is to keep offering stuff to people, offering, offering, even if it's what they need, but there's no trust there yet. So I was building that trust and didn't realize it just by showing people what I was eating, showing people my workouts and things of that nature. And the thing is, you know, now more than ever, people are very hesitant to trust you on social media. You know, they're very, very hesitant. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't have the patience to build that relationship. So I tell people this is like dating. You know, you can't expect someone to just jump in and buy something from you. Just like if you were dating someone, you wouldn't expect them <laughs> to jump in a relationship with you right? without getting to know you. So you feel like you deserve their attention. Right. But that's kind of entitled yes. to think that they would just see you on social media and immediately like you. And especially for those people that feel like they shouldn't consistently create content. So you can't think you, you're not going to create this relationship. But then. Expect that they're going to buy from you, and people are very like, nose up, like, show me what you got before right. they actually purchase something from you. And another thing, um, I like to talk about is your amount of followers because okay. this is what I was talking about on my live is because people are always like, followers don't matter, or your follower size doesn't matter, and right, it matters in certain situations. So, for example. Once I got over 10,000 followers, I I worked with Adidas. I got a campaign with SlimFast. I had other people reaching out to me as far as being a brand ambassador and an influencer. And I had a lot of opportunities and I got a lot of free stuff and I met a lot of people. So (laughs) when it comes to that, you know, having a large platform does matter. Now, when it comes to converting sales you don't have to have a, la- a large platform to sell a product and right that's where people you know haven't drawn the line they're just saying that oh you know these are van- I heard this term vanity followers oh you can have yeah, vanity-, vanity
0: numbers yep
1: <laughs> vanity numbers and I somebody said that to me and I was like offended because I was like what are they talking about it, th- to me there's no such thing as vanity numbers it's about what your goal is on social media if you desire right. to be in an influencer, then you want to have a lot of numbers because those big companies that reach out to you, they want to see numbers. They want to see engagement. They care about that. But if I have a product and I don't get a lot of likes, but people actually like the product, they could bypass the like and just buy it, you know, Right, right. which is a totally different thing. So people have to, you know, break these things down into actual outcomes. What is the outcome? Do I want to grow my blog? You know, so I want my traffic to go from my, my online platform to my website. Do I want to make sales? Do I want to be an influencer? Do I not want to be an influencer? Do I want to have a product with no face and I get an influencer to promote it? You know, what is what is your, you know, your idea? You can't just look at all of the co- business coaches and all the information and then just decide what you care about and what you don't care about. Right, You got to know, right. OK, I care about this because of this outcome that I'm trying to seek you know.
0: So when do you, when do you start looking at having a team, right? Because as, as small business owners and entrepreneurs, we feel like we have to do everything. Like this is our mm-hmm. baby. We don't want to let it go. Like, but at some point you have to outsource, you have to delegate. When do you start looking at growing the team or using, you know, a third party service for, for some of the, the part of your businesses?
1: That's a really, really good question. And and honestly, I just brought on a VA recently and I've been in business for years. So I think there is a lot of information about delegation, but before you can delegate, you need to have systems that are automated your own. If you're if you're already overwhelmed with how you're doing business, you don't want to bring in someone into that chaos and that confusion and you don't have any systems. You don't have, you know, you're just like, I need help.
0: <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> you're like help and then when you bring that person on which i've been guilty of that too all you're having them do is what you don't feel like doing or you know, what you're not yes. having enough time to do and that person is not being guided in a way that can actually move the business forward and it's not productive so i say first establish the systems for your day-to-day operations whether that is email automation you know if i bring on someone to take over my social media I should already be using automation. I should already have some templates. I should already have, I shouldn't bring this person on because I don't feel like doing it. And now, (laughs) now this person is swamped too, but because the person you hire is not going to say, Hey, this is a disorganized mess.
0: (laughs) Right. They're They're going to do what you say to do. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And it's, you know, it's complicated because, you know, my first assistant I brought on, I was like, Hey, Anthony, God bless his food child. He should have quit.
0: <laughs>
1: he should have quit. Cause I was like, Anthony, do my social media. Like that was like <laughs> his instructions. And he was like, do you have any certain hours? Did you have any, I didn't know my labor costs. I didn't know how many hours mm. of a VA that I needed. I just was running around crazy with clients, had things I knew that weren't getting done. And I was like, I need to hire somebody, which is also ego.
0: You yes. know? Yes.
1: A lot of ego. I need a team when it's like you have to get yourself organized, develop those systems so that and one tip that I'll give a lot of entrepreneurs that I do, even if I don't have someone to do the job. Yes. However, I do something. I always open up like a Google Doc or Microsoft Word doc and I write down the steps that it takes for me to mm-hmm. do it. Okay. Step one, schedule this. Step two, welcome new client, whatever that is. It could be your client onboarding. That way, when you do bring someone on, you hand that document to them and you tell them, this is how I do it. Yeah. And you don't have to be constantly like, I don't want to train someone on Zoom calls all day.
0: I don't want to <laughs> micromanage them. Right, you know, That's right. so
1: disempowering for a person. People want to be able to work independently, maybe check in yes. if they have a question instead of you being all in your ego. Now you, Now you're doing all the stuff you was doing, plus micromanaging them.
0: <laughs> right, and the business you know? is not growing. Yeah. And it's not growing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. oh a, a while back I tweeted that there's a I mean, I love when conversations flow naturally like this, so that I, you know, the next question just is, is a layup. But a while back I tweeted that there's a multi-billion dollar business somewhere waiting to be created. If someone could just teach effective time management, and I know some of it is accountability, but why mm-hmm. is time management such an Achilles heel for, for dream chasers and entrepreneurs? Like, what is
1: it? Uh, It's a few things. Um, The first thing is I tend to notice that entrepreneurs, because we're so creative and we have so many ideas, we tend to overthink things and overcomplicate a lot of things. Like, you know. You might have a to do list, but you might have something on there twice or you might be double checking stuff or you might go take a class for something that you don't need a class for. So I see a lot of time wasted in unproductive activities. I think um, Asana did a study that like people are only 40 percent productive now because 60 percent of what they do is like tasks that don't have anything to do with anything. So that's the first thing. And, you know, people have a trouble prioritizing the money making tasks, the tasks that make them more productive, and they do a lot of little things. And then by the time is because the big thing is really is something that's like a fear in that big thing, you know, so we're gonna do all the little stuff. And and it's worse working from (laughs) home, too, because you're like, I'm about to do this laundry, these dishes, the kids are distracting me like that is you (laughs) having some fear. And it's the procrastination and the lack of time management, it's just supporting that fear so that you just yes. go all over the place and you don't you don't focus on other things. Another thing is that people are so distracted with what everyone else is doing. They don't prioritize. So they go, I need to rebrand. I need a photo shoot. I need my social media to be good. I need my website done over. And then you end up doing a piece of this, a piece of that, a piece of this, a piece of that. And then an opportunity comes up and yes. you're like, oh, well, I don't have the right website for it. So I can't jump on that opportunity when you may should have just worked on just the website by itself until it was done or just that one component instead of you got 10 things that are half done. And now we six months into this thing and not one thing, not one task is actually completed. And I think that it comes from overthinking. I think it comes from a lack of clarity and a lack of vision. Like if I ask a a person that has a business, what is the goal of this business? You know, and it could be something as selfish as I want to be rich, but people struggle internally. (laughs) They're so unclear. They're like, I don't want to say that I want to be rich, but I need money, but I don't. So I don't want to do the, you know, it's so much confusion within and people are so unclear, you know, mentally, spiritually, everything that they end up. Not having good time management st- skills, and the last thing I'll say too is, I had to really analyze myself to see when I'm most productive. So, mm. as the day goes on, excuse me, as the day goes on for myself, in the evening, count me out. I'm I'm start getting distracted. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: I'm just gonna distract myself. You know, I get up early with the kids, and as the day goes on, after dinner, my pro- productivity is so low, and wow. I was noticing like. Why am I even attempting to work after 7 p.m. If the productivity <laughs> is that low that I'm, yes. I'm feeling worse at the end of the night because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not even getting anything done. So now I set hours that are when I'm most productive. And I'd rather get yes. four hours done of work in the beginning of the day than to try to work all day. And then right. I'm starting to get interrupted by the kids. I'm getting frustrated. And I'm not productive. And it's twelve hours of non-productivity. Right. Twelve
0: to... hours of, of ten minutes worth of work. I, yeah. you know, it's funny because I'm the same way. Like I, I can't do anything functionally before ten o'clock. Like I just, I can't do it. I can be, I can be awake. I can be on the call. I can do all of that. But I don't really start. My sweet spot is one to five. One mm-hmm. to five, I can do thirteen hours worth of work. Five right. fifteen, nope. I'm back on the break. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you
1: gotta
0: a know. It's uh, it's that self awareness. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the proper structure? We talked about um, we talked about business owners uh, always referring back to LLC issues. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, LLC Twitter and and you know building their domain and and just being you know pick apart for their businesses. What, what do you think is the proper structure for someone launching? Okay, so. What
1: I will say is that everybody keeps telling everybody to build an LLC, file for an LLC. And and I'll say this. I'm not telling you not to. My advice is always to do your research because I'm not a tax specialist. I'm not, you know, a lawyer. But what I will say is the first thing is do your research in your individual state because I was a victim of that. Go get your LLC. And the first piece of advice is that a lot of people are getting LLCs and they're not profitable yet. So after you yeah, wait, say, expenses, say that one part, say that part one <laughs> more time real quick, they are doing what they're getting LLCs and they're not profitable yet. So that's a big no, no, because, you know, number one, you're going to owe the fees from that LLC, whether you profit or not. And that, that's we're in California. Oh. So I'm speaking to California. This happened to me. And for a couple of years, I did it. You know, I I yes. paid the fees, not realizing that between my expenses, I wasn't making that much money. And here's a here's a second part of it. You know, and a tax specialist said this to me. He said, "You don't have any property at the time. I had no live nothing, no liabilities, no assets. Mm, okay, you know, okay, I didn't have any property. Didn't have really anything in my name. I was young. I was in my twenties, and the LLC we're doing it." you know, technically to protect ourselves in case something happens and the LLC is a separate business entity, entity and right. all that, all that. But a couple things, number one, I was the only member of the LLC. So that is, who else <laughs> so is going yeah, right. like, <laughs> to absorb the liabilities other than me, my social security. I had an EIN number, but when you're the only member, they're still using you as the person that's responsible for everything. You're right. the, you're the manager. You're the member. You're the everything of the LLC. If you don't have anybody else to share the responsibilities of even owning the business with you. So, yeah. the, you know, the tax preparer was like, well, well, what do you have? Like that if somebody got injured, personal training that could, they could sue you for it. And the truth was nothing. Some student loan debt? <laughs> <laughs> like, I did. not and I, and I was paying, I think it's here. It's like seven hundred dollars every quarter. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't because realize the prices
0: hit different on everything.
1: I didn't realize I was not profiting enough to have an LLC. And the other part is you can always get um, general liability insurance for your business. If you are worried about covering any type of, you know, cost, every business is going to be different for me having a business consultancy. There's a specific type of insurance for consultants. There's a specific for a personal trainer. It was just general liability insurance. It was $15 a month. So I paid $700. (laughs) A quarter.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Having a DBA, a EIN number, which is free and some general liability insurance for, I think, 1395 a month. That would have been fine.
0: And you could have had that money had had you known. Right. You could have had that money going towards the business instead of going towards just the LLC. I think that is. uh, so important that people do their research, and and we're all victims of it, right? We get caught up in the hype, and you know, a lot of people in different communities follow the same pages, and so you see right. one person post it, and you see two people post it. And you're like, man, maybe I should, maybe I should do this too. And ultimately, <laughs> it's just like, wait a minute, get be profitable first. Like, right, can right. we can we get some money coming in before we yeah. try to be, You know, I, I I was so excited that we had that conversation in, initially because. I, I think that we do a disservice with our platforms if we don't tell the other side of the post, right? Mm-hmm. So definitely agree. What do, what do you think your your community loves about Ashley the most?
1: Oh, I think they like that I'm real. You know, um I've had a couple challenges in my business and I, I you know, social media people usually tell their highs Right. And I tell my lows and my highs, and there's mm-hmm. people that GM me and they say, oh, that happened to me too, or that's super relatable. Or And people were saying it to me, like, I like that you keep it real. I didn't think that I was keeping it real. You know, I thought that <laughs> I didn't think, you know, I didn't like consciously say I'm going to always be honest with my audience, right. but I felt that I had a responsibility to them if they were, a lot of people were looking up to me and looking to my influence as far as their fitness and a lot of things, mindset stuff. So if I would go through something, I needed them to know that I was human, just like them. And that I have the same challenges that they do to empower them to know that, Hey, don't put me on a pedestal, you know, (laughs) don't put me on a pedestal, put yourself on a pedestal. you the same challenges that you have. I have too. And the, the same thing that I'm preaching, I have to take my own advice to get myself through those same hurdles. So I'm no different than anybody in my audience.
0: Yeah, I, it's important. Amber Aziza was on the show not too long ago, and one of the analogies that she gave that I really, really loved is she said, "We can all live in this this uh, this, uh, this penthouse apartment complex, kind of but just because you're on the third floor doesn't mean you can't tell somebody on the first floor where to park, right? right. And just because I'm on the t- I'm, I'm on the twelfth floor doesn't mean that you know I can't tell." Somebody on floor ten some information, and the person in the penthouse is like, "Oh, well, this is how you get to the penthouse." And we all have these levels of information and knowledge that we can share. I um, one of the things that I love the most is that you and you kind of mentioned it that you're that you're real, but your transparency, but more so the consistency, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people fail to be consistent, and then they expect the growth to just appear. How much time do you spend on your personal growth and commitment to Ashley Watkins? 24 hours a day. I mean,
1: like just like how you said that you're not productive into the afternoon. I don't do, I don't start my day until I do my affirmations until I work out until I do yoga, until I journal, you know, because of the fact that when I'm not consistent with those things, even time management things in my business, I see the results of it. And I'm like, dang, you know, that skipping that meditation wasn't worth it because I'm in traffic feeling irritated, you know, right, so right. <laughs> the consistency is so important to me because, you know, even if you take, let's say you're working out and you take a blank calendar and every time you work out, you filled it in blue at the end of that 30 days. If you seen that whole calendar and it only had one blue square on it, you you'd be like, Wow, you know the days that was white are all days of you not doing that. And for me, even you know Instagram is great for keeping you consistent because with posting that algorithm, they ain't messing with you if you stop posting.
0: Yes, at all. That algorithm punishing (laughs) you. At oh, all, yes.
1: You want to dip off and be private? When you come back, we're going to show your content to 0.01% of your followers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. They, Until they have you mastered, commit. Yes. They have mastered keeping you on that platform. It is. They have. It's crazy. But so how does that work, right? Because we, we have to stay on. And I know a lot of people use. Uh, what's the old school with Hootsuite, Buffer, mm-hmm. and Calendar? Like, they, we use all these little automation tools, but do you find yourself getting caught up scrolling even at your level? Like, do you still get caught yeah. up?
1: Yeah, I do. I scroll, yeah. but you know what? Also, what I use the scrolling for is to engage with my community. So when I'm scrolling, I'm constantly commenting, complimenting, saving, engaging. And you, I get rewards from that because that means that Instagram is defining my relationship with those pages too, because I'm consistently engaging. So, a thing that I did a couple of months ago that was very risky, and I'm still recovering from, is that I unfollow pages that have nothing to do with small businesses. Like, mm. I unfollowed a lot of pages that were just random, funny pages and things, right. because I said I need the algorithm to know what I do. Yeah, and I unfollowed like fifteen hundred people. Now, Instagram doesn't like that, so that was. Super risky, super risky. Yes. But now, what I'm doing is because I've been engaging with other people that have a common interest with me, my engagement is going back up. And because I know how the game goes, I'm patient with it. Right. But when I unfollowed all of those accounts, Instagram was like, well, you unfollowed over a thousand people. You must, something must be wrong. You and you they trying to, of, you're trying to leave
0: us. you trying to leave.
1: But. Since then, in my scrolling, you know, to answer your question, I was I was engaging with who I wanted to engage with. That's why you have to be strategic. And honestly, it helps for networking opportunities. It helps. And if you have to just scroll, then make it that much harder for yourself. Create a personal page to scroll on and then create your business page so that because I was engaging with I'm a woman. I was engaging with makeup hair tutorials, (laughs) nail tutorials. And then I post something about business and I'm not getting any likes. uh, And somebody's like, oh yeah, but your hair's cute. You know, it's like, (laughs) you gotta be aware of Instagram is keeping track. It's like, hey, since you like nothing but nail pages, I know you sell pies, but we're gonna show you nail content and we're gonna show, you know, we're gonna have people that like nail content look at your pies and you're not gonna get any engagement.
0: And I said, you know, it's funny because I, I paid a similar price. We've been, you know, in California, we've been, I've been in the house for, Jesus, it, it sounds, it feels like the better part of a year, you know, with the exception to get dressed up to go to Target. Um, <laughs> and I started, for the first time in my life, I started buying tennis shoes. Like I rarely, you know me, I'm always in suits, right? And so I, I finally started buying tennis shoes and I did a couple of searches on Instagram. I liked a couple. And next thing I knew, every shoe game influencer and customization. <laughs> and I was like, I don't like shoes like this. And my wife was like, your closet say otherwise, right? Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> the past couple of weeks. So I had to do the same thing, similar, just clean it up. Uh, but the other part of that is it protects your mental space, mm-hmm. right? It keeps you focused on the things that you value. And then you right. can bring that value back to, uh, your, 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 your clients and your community. So mm-hmm. kudos to, to that. Um, Let's talk about the big business planner. Yes. What is it? How does it serve the people? How can we, how can we speak? What what can we expect from it?
1: Oh, I love that you brought this up because, you know,
0: it took me forever to build this planner. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like you were exhausted when you said that. Just like it took me forever. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was a lot of work. I'm not going to even discount it because we see people selling ebooks and digital products all the time. So we think it's just like, you know, throwing together something and turning it into a PDF and selling it on your Shopify. But the you know I had to do a lot of research on what people actually needed because I wanted people to not only buy it I wanted them to use it and get some transformative results for their business so what I did was everything I do in coaching I put into the into the planner so There's a business plan template. There's a content plan template. There's a marketing strategy template. There's an outline for your website. So the typical business owner, if you've never owned a business, if you don't know where to start, you could use this as a tool to get yourself organized, track your sales, track your engagement, track everything, your leads, you know, set yourself up. And I was going to do a physical planner. And the reason that I didn't do a physical planner is because one thing is I saw the cost, right? Let's talk business. Yes. So there's a bunch of, I'm not going to name anybody, but there's a bunch of people selling planners for like $99 because the planner has a crocodile skin binder that it comes in with a satin box and yes. a ribbon. And, you know, we, we live for that type of stuff, right? That right. luxury experience of getting something in the mail. But I'm practical and I wanted to focus on the people that don't want something cute. They want something they can execute on. So I took instead of focusing on which colorful magnetic box I was going to send your planner in, (laughs) I sat down and and was like, I whiteboarded it. I'm a whiteboard person. And I was like, Okay, what problems do entrepreneurs have? They're overwhelmed. They overthink things. They lack clarity. They have time management issues. They don't know what to do on a day to day basis. So the planner literally takes you from your business plan. And it funnels it all the way down to what you should do monthly, what you should do weekly, and what you should do every single day. So when you get up in the morning, boom, I got an hour of marketing. I got an hour on my blog. I got an hour on this. Here's my five-hour day of focused, time-blocked-off activities that are stemming from your business plan because you filled all that out. Matter wow. of fact, the first section is a vision board. It's just blank pages. Get all the junk out. Just dump it all out. All the ideas. Figure out what you can do now, what you want to do later. How the future of the business is going to look? What your team is going to look like? Vision it all out. Then start your business plan so you know what to do first. Because you don't want to do step three before you do step one. Yes. You know, and that this is what the planner was designed for. You know, I was like, I'm like you guys. Um, I beat myself up about it. I. Did a bunch of research about it, I overthought it. You know, I go through <laughs> these same things.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: I go through these same things, but it turned out to be such a great product that I use it and it shows me that, okay, this is what I need. And also, it goes back to if I hire somebody, I can share this planner with them. I can actually, because it's not a personal planner, it's not a journal, it's strictly for your business. So I can share this with them, I can highlight and copy and paste the tasks. Right into a project management tool, so that somebody else can do the task, and I think that I talked to you about this um off air, how people have all the notebooks.
0: Yes, I, and we don't never go back and look notebooks. at the notes. <laughs> never go
1: back and look at them. you know, you go to a class, you take notes, you go I had ten million <laughs> notes from all the webinars I don't went to, you know, all of the YouTube videos, all the stuff I've had to learn about, and I was like, I need people to go into one document on yes. their computer go to page six and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Nothing right. else. And even be able to scroll back through. And plus I made it ha- so that you can put customizable, customizable stickers in it. Um, You can open it up into keynote on your tablet, on your iPad. Nice. And actually there's links so that you can go to different pages and stuff so that it's not, you can print it if you want to. I wanted whoever got it to not have any excuse, print out one section, fill that section out, go to the next section. Like, this is dumbing it way down to eliminate all the all the excuses of I'm disorganized. I don't know what to do. You got it in there. You just got to get it organized and clear so that you can execute. That's the biggest part. Because there's let's be clear. There's a, a percentage of people that even with a planner they won't execute. You yes.
0: Know?
1: There's yes. there's that. And we know this. But. It-
0: I just <laughs> it, that word has just been resonating over the past few weeks execution right mm-hmm. like it's, there's I was just talking about this there's no point in having a vision right there's no point in having the goals that we set for ourselves and things that we believe we're capable of and you know we're running out advocating for ourselves and our business and our product and we don't execute like what's mm-hmm. the
1: point It's frustrating. And that's why people hire me for coaching. Honestly, they have all the tools and a lot of the people that hire me are brilliant. You know, I'm working with people that are developing apps and they're brilliant, but they're literally paying for coaching to be held accountable and to have a roadmap. So if I say by February 1st, we're going to have this done. Then by February 8th, we're going to have this done. Then by February 15th, they need that accountability because they have all that knowledge inside and yeah. they haven't, and then they start to feel guilt and shame that they haven't acted on it. They start to feel bad about it, and that really stop really stops you from performing because you're like, I should have did this, and that guilt yeah. is heavy.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it, it that guilt honestly has has stopped a lot of people from chasing their dream,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is
0: you feel like you can't manage your time, so now you feel like not managing your time leads you to not executing, not executing takes you to not having any results. Not having any results means you start feeling like your business is failing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this downward spiral of just grief and lack and suck. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then people, you know, then, then people give up and 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 then they get mad at LLC Twitter <laughs> and, and mad at the entrepreneurs for saying the same thing over and over again. But I tell people all the time, I'm like, you can't get mad at entrepreneurs and gold chasers and people that are hungry. And because they're saying the same thing, but then you go to church every week, right? And they talk mm-hmm. about the same exact, four lessons, four little sermons. They say the same thing. And that for some reason fulfills you. Mm-hmm. But when, when when an entrepreneur is saying the same thing, then it's all of a sudden they're just trying to sell. Well, both are a business. Right. Okay. Right? And that's <laughs> the part. I, just, I tell anybody that asks, like, listen, I, I'm, I'm not the most religious of people. I have my beliefs but let's not separate the business of church, right? Just like you separate the business of your own personal growth. And so I I am on board. We have to stop that downward spiral of of suck. And so Mm -hmm. (laughs) execution (laughs) is important. Um, To that, is there a section about goal setting? How does Ashley set her goals, revenue, activity? Like when you're looking at the analytics, what's, what's going on in there?
1: Oh, that's it's so interesting that you asked that because um, sometimes people set too big of goals, right? And my goals are always very realistic. So for example, you know, I would meet with a client and they say, I haven't been active on social media. I want to get a thousand new followers every month. Right. Well, if you have 200 followers, you're not going to get a thousand new followers in the next 30 days. Let's be realistic. <laughs> and if you're starting to just start being consistent, people are just warming up to that. So I observed for myself that it takes about 3 to 8 months to really make an impact as a brand on social media. So, it took almost a year for people to stop calling me Body by Ashley. They thought that was my first name.
0: <laughs> right. Like, right. I, I,
1: I worked with somebody on a video shoot and I said, they introduced me and I had to pull them to the side and said, "You can just call me Ashley." <laughs> like it is is that deep for people. So, for me, like I'll tell you, for last month I didn't gain that many followers and my yes. followers go down and up, down and up. So one goal that I set for myself was not to gain new followers, but to replace them. So my numbers mm. don't go up. I'll lose 50 followers and then I'll gain 49. To me, that's progress. You get what yes. I'm saying? Because those 49 people are more in my niche than the people that left. I want people to leave right. that don't want what I'm talking about. Yes. So. I look at those numbers to make sure I'm consistently cleaning out the old followers that were following the body by Ashley brand. So that is a goal that I would set for myself, as opposed to, I need a thousand new followers. And I like, um, general goals. So like, for example, that's a brand awareness goal. My goal for the next six months is just to get people aware of the brand, to get people, you know, familiar with the brand on different platforms. So that could be posting in Facebook groups that could be on LinkedIn. That could be and that's how I set my goals based on the result. What do I want? Hey, for the next year, I just want Ashley Watkins Consulting to be a household name when it comes yes. to business. coaching. And everything I do is in alignment with that. The Being on this podcast is in alignment with that. So yes. people have goals that are so numerical, right? But when you look at them, they don't really make sense. So if I say, I want a thousand new followers on Facebook, I want a thousand new followers on Instagram, th- that's not going to happen. And then and at the end of February, I'm going to be like, I didn't hit my goal, but it wasn't that I didn't hit it is that the goal didn't make sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We uh, we often don't spend a lot of time making sure that we have, you know, a, a while back there was this um, hyper awareness around they call them smart goals. Right, mm-hmm. where you were specific, measurable, attainable. Mm-hmm. What is it? Re- relatable, realistic, and yeah, realistic and time bound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think we've gotten away from that, and we've just tried to make goals so uh, so simple that we don't try to look and see if they're actually attainable or will they be effective for the business. And so, yeah, that's, that's why I asked that because you are. I'm blaming. So I'm sorry to cut you
1: off. I'm blaming the mindset coaches because things Ooh, let's started. Go.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm coming in
1: hot. I got to get Look, I got to get them real quick. Let me, let me let me coffee that one. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I got to get them because everything shifted to manifesting. You know, everything yes. you saw this huge shift to manifesting. So in the process of trying to get people to envision big goals for themselves, there wasn't a lot of you know, talk about transitioning from where you're at to actually get there and the steps that it'll take. So before I coach you to make $10,000 a month, I got to coach you to make $100 continuously, consistently. I got to coach, you you know, so I'm not telling you. And then the other thing about the manifestation, which is there's some truth into that, right? Like whatever you believe you're going to make come true. But one thing about not setting smart goals is that That vision that you're trying to manifest is so big, you don't even believe it.
0: Right. You don't believe
1: that you can make a $100,000 next month. That's why you're not able to get up every day and do the steps that it takes to do them, right? If you did, you would have made it, but you don't. So uh, me telling you, close your eyes and see yourself in that luxury apartment and coming out, getting (laughs) on that helicopter. your, Your subconscious mind is going this is some BS I don't I'm, I can't I still work at Walmart I can't
0: right right you know?
1: right so that goes back to setting those goals I'm not against manifesting I'm actually more into affirming so when you when you do affirmations which is another section of the planner affirm a reality that you can believe so you can start stepping into who you need to become so if you just have to say I am brave and maybe you feel a little bit scared at first, but then after 30 days of telling yourself you're brave, at the end of the 30 days, yes. you can make a decision that you weren't able to make before, as opposed to telling yourself, I am a millionaire for 30 days. And then you don't really believe it <laughs> and then you don't have a way to do it. And there's <laughs> so much resistance. And at the right. end of 30 days, you got 32 cents in your bank account. and You're like, see, I knew that didn't work.
0: Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. No. You know what I blame? I re- you remember the movie The Secret? Remember when The Secret oh, yeah. was out and everybody mm. was... Oh, my God. Everybody's if you see it, you can picture. And there's again, there is some absolute truth to it. And I tell my daughters similar to um, when you when you have your eye on a specific kind of car. Right. Mm -hmm. You start to see that car everywhere. Absolutely. The truth. You can do that. But now we got to talk about how are we paying for the car? Right. And that's the part that we 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 gloss over because the vanity is 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 affirmations and and manifestation. And we get caught up in that part. But the miracles come in the doing of the work. Right. Like my dad used to tell me all the time, no miracle happens. Without somebody doing something, whether it's just believing, reaching out for the hem of the garment, like there was all these things that people had to do in the Bible for the miracle to happen. And you know, I'm not super religious, but like you said, we got to get caught up in the structural part. Like, how are we going? How are we going to do the work? You know? Yeah, it's too many. And I'm I'm gonna speak specifically to women
1: because to me, this has a lot to do with a feminine and masculine balance within you know female entrepreneurs because. Men do tend to be more actionable, you know, and somebody listening right now, this might go over their head and they might be like, well, I'm," you know, they might get too caught up in, you know, feminine and masculine as far as like how you look and stuff. But feminine femininity in itself is an energy, you know, and 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 it's an emotion and it's an embodiment of some of that manifesting or praying and you know being within you know and going within that aspect of you that spiritual aspect of you but there's so much of that that women don't have a sometimes a balance of the feminine and the masculine like i'm gonna get up and pray and meditate and manifest this and then at nine o'clock i gotta put on my my work hat and i gotta clock in and and be like a man and i can't feel nothing right now i gotta just do and I, i can't think about anything right now and yes this sucks but like a man I see I see what's going on and I see a problem and I gotta fix it and I gotta do it and that's the part right. that everybody men and women have feminine and masculine aspects but women we're always in the dreamy journal yeah, vision yeah. board yes. aspect of it and you gotta know when to turn that on and off you know you don't I'm not saying be masculine I'm just saying that in negotiation you might need to be and setting your, your pricing. You might need to be, you know, and and I'm speaking to men and women because there's men that are more masculine. Maybe they don't do the vision board part of it. And maybe they just get up and do, 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 and they're not following their intuition, you know? So Mm. there has to be a balance. And I even talk about this with self-care. Like, do you know when you're tired and you need to rest or when, you're just making an excuse and you need to execute. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. you got you to gotta know that for yourself. Only you know that. But I think that there's way too much. I'm not talking against the self-care and the manifestation and the mindset stuff. When, when coaching gets there, because people need coaching sometimes in that area, I will help people with that. And I'll say, hey, you know, well, let's pace this differently so that you're not burnt out. Right. But I don't want you to not start. Because you're over here still trying to manifest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I, I took my, my my fourteen year old. I love her to death, and I'm just you know, you you cannot you cannot manifest three hundred thousand dollars and not get out the bed till one o'clock. Like that's not. <laughs> it it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Somebody lied. Yeah, I'm just like TikTok tick, ain't telling you the, the the full truth, and that's you know what I. Oh, you, we talked about this, but this TikTok for business owners. I just I'm not dancing. You know what I mean? Like I I, I want to do the work and I want to do the engagement. And I get it. There's a market for it. What do you say to these people that they seem to chase the trend around for their business?
1: Well, the first thing I always suggest people to do is to find the platform that people are converting. I like if people are converting from TikTok, go at it. Right. You know, if you jump on that trend and you see that, dang, I've gotten more people from TikTok than I've ever gotten you know, do it how you got to do it. But right. what I find people doing is chasing trends. I got a lot of slack on saying that I didn't like Clubhouse. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, OK, listen, guys, I know this is about to be an unpopular opinion, but I see the way that I get and engage with my audience. I don't see it coming from Clubhouse. There's a lot of things about Clubhouse that I don't like. And I'm like, you I don't jump shit. Um, right. I think that Clubhouse is great for networking. Where I'm at yes. in my business, I'm, I don't have to network. Networking is great, but that's not my strategy. Remember, my strategy is brand right. awareness. So yes. that goes back to knowing, you know, so if you are at, you have a great product and service and you want to build with some other entrepreneurs and maybe collaborate with them, then maybe you should be on Clubhouse. If right. you feel like your demographic is the TikTok demographic and age, like if you're selling a kid's product, then maybe you should be on TikTok, right? So you just have to find your lane and don't chase the trend. Cause the trend, I have so many people that have gotten consultations and they will not post their product on Etsy because Etsy isn't trending. But if you're right. if you have a product that serves moms, you need to be on Pinterest. You need to be on Etsy. No, it's not popular. Absolutely. No, they're not looking for nobody that's dancing. And I get that that's the content you like to consume. But if people are buying, from Etsy or from Pinterest, that's where you need to be. That's, it yeah. has nothing to do with the trends. I have a good friend of mine, Lori Costillo. She, um, she has a couple of businesses with her family and she noticed, they started looking at the analytics that none of their customers came from anywhere, but Etsy, they had put oh. so much into their, they had, um, they were selling seed packets for people to plant and oh, okay. customize and like if you had a family member that passed away and you needed some custom seed packets to give away as gifts that you could plant a get a tree for your you know loved one that passed away got
0: you okay so okay
1: something like that wasn't marketing well on Instagram it's great right. the pictures are great people on on Etsy they couldn't they couldn't even keep up with the Etsy orders wow so they guess what wow. they did they stopped posting on Instagram altogether
0: yeah, you got to focus where the client is. And I think that's the that's the part that people forget is, you know, I had a, I had a, a I can't remember who the guest was at the moment, but they were like, Chuck, why do you, why are, why are you not on Instagram more? And I'm like, because Twitter and LinkedIn are getting me everything that I need right now. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, of course you want to have a presence, you want to have a platform, but to your point, you want to find out through your analytics, which one is working for you, which one is driving results. And it would be foolish, uh, in my opinion, to focus on a platform that is not driving results just for the sake of saying, "Hey, I'm here too," right? Mm-hmm. You don't see you don't see uh, pet food owners advertising at the at the the doctor's office. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's the same thing. Um, close to wrapping up because one, I want to respect your time. Two. Um, we could go on forever because we, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of think the same on a lot of stuff. Um, what does the word belief mean for Ashley? Why?
1: Um, the word belief to me, number one, belief is a collection of all your experiences. That's what makes your beliefs right. But for me, belief has actually grown into a knowing for me because I know that. Like when I believe something in order for me to want that belief to be solid, I got to know, you know, so in my language, I mean, even if I can't see it and you're tying it into faith, I got to know. So I can't just believe that I'm going to be successful. I got to know that I'm going to be successful. I can't just believe in my clients. I got to know. And then also sometimes depending on if it's a negative belief, you have to let yourself know that it's just a thought and it can be changed. You know, cause it's positive and negative beliefs, right? So yes. I have positive beliefs, like I'm gonna be successful and it's coming from my experiences and, I, and then I transform it into knowing that I'm gonna be successful, but I got negative beliefs too, doubts, just like everybody else. So with yeah. those ones, they come from my experiences, like I said, their thoughts and just knowing that I can change them and turn them into a different belief and a knowing from new experiences, Is what kind of makes me be like, okay, the belief is the thought, but also a belief is an experience It's based on an experience, but I can also change the belief too.
0: Love it. Love it. What about vision? What does the word vision mean for for Ashley Watkins?
1: Vision for me means your clarity of sight for something. So sometimes it's hard for you to see things, right? You know, And see, by see and sight, I mean in your mind's eye. And Hmm. I think that in order to have a vision and for it to be a good vision, you have to have some clarity. You know, so I like to separate the idea between an an idea and a vision. You might have an idea like, boom, I got an idea. but do do you have a vision for that? Because idea is just the thought. But once it becomes a vision, you can see it in your mind's eye.
0: Right. And then you can start working towards how you can how you can make that come to fruition. Yes. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Um, Execution. Let's jump back on it.
1: Execution is acting. It's literally action. It's literally action. And I think that to take it further, it's acting on a goal because Mm -hmm. because sometimes the goal might be really big and you have the goal like you have it there. You want to own property. You want to own a business. You want to be wealthy. You have the goal, but the execution is the action towards that goal. So I yes. think a lot of times what people, what people do, like you said before is they're not taking action
0: towards the goal, right?
1: They're executing something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're doing the feel good work, right? They, they're doing the part that makes them feel good. They're taking the pictures and working right. and doing all that. Um, we didn't touch on this, but one of the things that I that we were that we were kind of talk about is the perception that people are scared of paperwork for their business. Mm. Remember, we were we were discussing how, you know, the, the one part it due to fear or maybe due to lack of knowledge. But the part that we just we, we seem to not want to do the paperwork. Mm-hmm. What is that part about?
1: Um, I'm going to speak from black people because I'm a black person. <laughs> Yes. I'm going to be the black person representative. And um I'm going to show a little bit of compassion towards this fear right now because historically paperwork hasn't done us well, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that in certain situations we have in the past been denied credit applications, been had hard time, you know, getting approval status on a lot of things and I think that that mindset has stayed concrete amongst the black community where we feel like we can do better without doing it on the table so Mm. if if your grandfather tell you this story about how the tax man did him and how this or whatever you know whatever went wrong or you know i have friends now that still say well you know black people don't get approved for business loans like that and i'm like "Eh, eh, hey times are different right now if you can have a business account and run your business legitimately and not be afraid of it. You would get a business loan just like anybody else. So right. the stigma still remains. And then it makes people act from that belief. Remember, belief comes from experiences. It don't even have to be your own experience. It could be your parents' experience. You right. know, it could, it could be someone else. And then that stigma hangs over your head. And then you decide that the government doesn't care about you anyways. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is partially true. I,
0: listen, partially. Yes, it's,
1: it's partially true, but if you have established your business in a way that has no color, because it's just right. right, it's yes. just you it can't be denied because it's just right. Then you can get over some of those hurdles and some some of those challenges. I mean, there's even things that you can do that you can get funding online, especially like with the PPP loans and stuff. But a lot of people couldn't get that stuff because they didn't do things the way that they wanted to, and and then also for startups. You have to start legit. So before yes. you take one sale, start having all of your due diligence done because it's so hard to train your customers to respect you when you do start paying taxes or, you know, they got to pay sales taxes or, you know, they're like, wait, yes. wait, you used to let me cash app you and text you at midnight if I needed something
0: Right. Right. You know,
1: why all of a sudden am I going through your Stripe account and paying taxes? And, you know, so I always say start legit, you know, and and know and know that that is a stigma and a stereotype and that there's not that much weight to it. um, When it comes to being a successful business as a black person or a person of color, know that we're in 2021 and you don't have to avoid paperwork to protect yourself. um, But do your research, too. Like we said.
0: Love it. Love it. Um, as we close, you're in a room virtual or conference hall, 20,000 people there, your, your your entire online community. What is the one thing you want them to know about Ashley Watkins?
1: Um, I want them to know that I've really been blessed to reach a lot of people through speaking. So, you know, I I see a lot of people that don't know what their purpose is, And they don't know what they should do. And I overthought this for many years. I questioned myself and I questioned God, not knowing that my talent was speaking, you know, not knowing that it didn't matter what I was speaking about. If I could influence a room full of people that that my voice in itself was the talent I didn't have to get more skills i didn't have to you know <laughs> sharpen something or get another certificate and i want people to know that too like a lot of people think that their their purpose is to help people so they'll go you know they'll go do something that they think is helpful but then they're unhappy and i thought that too mm. you know i thought my purpose was to help people lose weight but people weren't saying you helped me lose weight they were saying you motivated me you inspired me you encouraged me
0: Right, you know,
1: and it's the same words that they're saying now as business coach. So then I had to realize, wait, the voice and the words that I'm speaking, just from my heart, is my talent. I don't have to. This is good enough, you know. And a lot of people right. don't think that what they have is good enough, like naturally what they have, and and they right. question, okay, should I charge somebody for talking? You know, <laughs> that, that's like the that was me. I was like, I did a free call with a lady one time, and she hung up. And she, I did a consultation with her for a business and she Apple paid me $50. And I was like, why did she do that? And she was like, thank you for talking to me. And then I was like, oh God, okay. You, you know, you got a purpose for me. That's what it is. It doesn't have to be, you know, I could talk business, but a lot of people don't know that something they do really easily and something that comes naturally for them is their talent, but they're trying to make a business And they're just avoiding and ignoring that altogether instead of being like, Hey, you know what? I have some things to say. I have some experiences. I have some testimony and that might be my thing. Even if I'm selling soap, you know, Ashley and her story is still selling the soap. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's it's the same voice. It's the same theory, you know, who I am as a person. And I think people think that who they are is wrong or not good Mm. enough. So they are trying to develop into this person that owns a business and it's like no who you are is more than enough it's actually who we need you know bring that person up to the front stage so we can talk to that person and see what that person has to offer and and I think that if I was in a room of 10,000 people they would all be in that room because they thought that I was going to give them something that they already had you know
0: yeah yeah no I I get it I totally totally get it um I am excited about the the partnership i am going to be uh sponsoring a couple of the the big business planners and so we will be talking about that because your community is going to have to It's going to be a contest they're going to have to do a little bit let's talk about that real quick
1: (laughs) yeah so all i want is that for anybody that hears this listens to this follows me to follow you and to follow me at coach ashley Watkins on instagram And just let me know about their business. I love hearing about people's businesses. I love hearing about new businesses and ideas. And just tell me like, hey, I need this business planner because whatever. Whatever is the reason and whatever their business is. And we're going to pick two people and sponsor them. I also have a free Facebook community. It's called the VIP Business Mastermind. So um, the contest is going to be going on in there too. Uh, This community is 600 members of just only business owners. So I definitely love hearing like people that have new business ideas. I get like a high off of like, like what you going to do with that.
0: <laughs> I love <laughs> you know? it. I love it. And you know what I just, uh, we're going to, we're going to add something to it. The two people that win the business planner mm-hmm. will also six months to the day that they win it. We're going to touch base. We're going to bring them on live. We're going right. to talk about what they've done. Uh, on on, on both platforms. We should touch, we should bring them on the Hog Vision Podcast Live to talk about how that planner has worked for them. So we're going to, we're going to, let's work on that offline as well. That's Yes, be I'm excited. That's
1: okay, uh, y'all. He put y'all in the hot seat. It wasn't
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have been rocking with the one and only the great one, Ashley Watkins with the Heart Vision Podcast. Listen, like, share, and subscribe. We can't say this enough. The YouTube channel, guys, is going to have content that you will not be able to see anywhere else. I'm not just saying that. I am saying it very intentionally. So you won't be able to say that you did not know that all the game was going to be on YouTube, okay? You won't be able to say that. Uh, Ashley, thank you so much for partnering with me for this episode. I know you could be doing anything and I am humbled that you graced us with your presence. Thank you so much.
1: I'm so grateful. I was very excited for this interview. I hope that all your listeners got as much that they can get out of it. And I'm excited to move forward, give away the planners and get somebody on their way.
0: Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, the Hog Vision Podcast, we will either see you at the top or from the top. But remember, no miracle happens without somebody doing the work. This is the place where work ethic, vision, and belief come together. The Hog Vision Podcast, we will talk.